3: See something really scary? You bet. Music,
1: horror, art, politics, and overall badass Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society
3: 13 Networks. Folks, friends, and
0: fiends, thank you for tuning in to Kettle Whistle Radio on this Nomageddon Part 2 that we're supposed to get that's probably not going to happen on the East Coast I had the pleasure of being on the Horror Happens radio with J.K. Um, and this is a rebroadcast of it with permission from J.K. himself uh, you can find Horror Happens though, these guys are knocking it out of the park as far as if you're into horror, I mean, why would you listen to this anyway if you weren't so go to HorrorHappens.com, and then of course there's on Twitter at horror happens as well as horror happens backslash facebook.com you know how that that works um, but definitely check them out man um, just a good show just a really good show and JK's an awesome guy and I really appreciate him having me on and this will be a rebroadcast of him interviewing me about the stuff that's going on. I, I got some stuff going on <laughs> outside of my head as well. So, um, yeah, you're listening to F is for Fiend in the background. I want to thank Sean Ussalt for that uh, from her, f- her band Famous Monsters. You can check her out with Star and Dagger right now. Uh, her and Dabashu, fantastic band. Uh, let's get into the interview. And um, I, a big... I got to say thank you to Roger Sampson For getting myself Heather and Miss D And Brian Coddington involved The director of Brian Coddington Congratulations on your costume award Brian Coddington For um, House of Oddities Now um, Yes, got us involved with his Forces of Horror anthology uh, I wrote the, sh- the wraparound story Clown Junkie And we are all involved with it You will find that on the DVD uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be in the film itself because the movies are all playing right now for Forces of Horror but check out Roger Sampson on Facebook and right now let's get to Horror Happens Radio thank you so much
2: The critically acclaimed author of Demon Dolls and Milkshakes returns with 15 tales of horror and suspense with everything here is a nightmare from Zombies in the Old West To a young boy tempted by the devil. From vampires with romantic longing. To an abandoned lighthouse haunted by vengeful spirit. From a serial killer getting unholy justice. To an haunted English race guard. Nelson W. Piles invites you to explore the landscape of fear, suspense,
1: and horror.
2: Take his hand... And hold on tight. Remember that whatever you find there, whatever you see, no matter what you might think it could be, know this. Everything here is a nightmare. By Nelson W. Piles. Available in paperback and Kindle at Amazon.com. By Burning Bowl Publishing.
3: Back here in the Horror Happens radio show. We start Women in Horror next week. Sinister Grin author Sarah Brook will be on the program. Legendary cult horror actress Camille Keaton. I spend your grave and sell it to her stuff. On the program along with Jeffrey Von Gore talking poisonous pinups and more. Go to HorrorHappens.com. Check out the up and coming show schedules. All the links on demand via your smartphone, mobile device, laptop, desktop, Check out the archive, conversations, and much more. But be patient as we update and uh, revamp the website at HorrorHappens.com. Find us on Twitter at HorrorHappensRS and at GhostJOK. And friend us, like us, share us Facebook.com forward slash HorrorHappensRS. Congrats to all the winners tonight, the top short films of 2015, and we're going to review all of them next week here on the program. We will lower down the music of Mondo Zombie Boogadoo, and we are very honored very fortunate to bring up David Fairhead. David, how you doing?
0: Hey, man. Proud to be here. Proud to be here. I mean, I'm in good, really good company. You've had a lot of my friends on here.
3: Nice, man. It's good to bring this dysfunctional family together. We appreciate everyone taking the time out because, to be honest, David, I'm sure you'd agree – Everyone's got very busy schedules. There's yes. a lot going on in this, uh, in this world, whether in or, in or out of the bunker. <laughs> so I appreciate the time that you're giving me tonight here on the show. How's life treating you?
0: Not bad. Not bad at all, man. Uh, a lot happened in the, the uh, well, a lot of bad happened last year, but a lot of good. I, I, I was uh, pretty fortunate. Four different films I'm in, you know, bit rolls. Um, and, uh, one big one, man. One big movie. And you're, you're you guys are all familiar with John Russo absolutely yeah my uncle john is a zombie that that film will be coming out this year it's a comedy horror john russo's in it of course debbie rochon uh brad roberts of the guar drummer isn't yeah. it yeah and uh you, you do you remember sloan singaris he did your show with uh, gary vincent
3: absolutely i'll tell you something and i don't know if sloan had said this before but the film festivals we had last year when john russo and gary vincent were there mm-hmm. that was the uh, genesis point for him getting a lot of the stuff done so we're very proud to see where they've come together and burning bulb publishing and and you david congratulations to everyone pertaining to that
0: i appreciate it's gone full circle uh gary vincent and burning bulb publishing uh They uh, they got me published to begin with in the Big Book of Bizarro back in the day, uh, a Western horror uh, anthology called Westward Hoes. You should check that one out. Um, is a and of course, <laughs> The Fall of Tomorrow was my first novel, and uh, you got to read its uh, companion. Yes, or a portion of it, Dwelling in the Dark.
3: Absolutely, it's eleven stories, and it's interesting now, David, because. A lot of authors that we talk about, we had so many over uh, 2015, more to come cool. in 2016, starting with yourself. You're a first author out of the box
0: oh, for you. this
3: year. Oh, very welcome. I'm very proud to have you on. You know, you look at, uh, you look at your collaboration there with, with Drugs in the Dark. Let me ask you first off the bat, you know, this is a companion to your first book. Mm-hmm. Where did the idea come from to be able to... Craft the different tales of the new world after the first book.
0: Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, it, it, the, these stories wrap around it. Some are before, some are after, some are dur- during, and each one's very different. Um, it's kind of like uh, it's a time. I, I, but they all they fit together too. But here's the thing: you could read them separate. You could read Dwelling in the Dark and not have to read The Fall of Tomorrow. If you just like short stories, that's your thing. That's why I did it. and I want every story to be very different and very unpredictable. I'm very yeah. tired of predictability in my horror. <laughs>
3: I don't blame you with it, and you take it across the uh, the spectrum of timelines, yep. the aspect of different forms of horror, the aspect of quality characters, Thank a you. lot of tension within it, but you've got a lot of themes, and we'll get to that in a few minutes, but cool. you have a lot of connecting themes that go along with it. Um, where did the 11 ideas come from originally? Well, why are those 11 points so important in this anthology?
0: i got to tell you, man, um, it's it, this is crazy, but... Uh, for my second book, Gary Vincent asked me to do an anthology, which is something I really didn't want to do. Um, yeah. and I had just gotten laid off. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take vengeance here and I'm going to, I'm going to write short stories and, and I'm going to do it in the dark. I, I, I like the ambience. I listen to horrifically great metal. Um, and it, they just came to me one by one. And I, I can't tell you except for Demon Eye, which was already printed, but I did Demon Eye too. Uh, that's the Western where, um, Gun, gunslinging and demons, basically. Um, it, a little tongue-in-cheek humor there, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, that's one of the funnier ones. And then there's actually a, um, uh, a ghost story. And I don't like – I'm not into ghosts all that much, which is really um, ironic since I work with a ghost hunter named Heather Taddy uh, <laughs> on our Kettle Whistle radio show. But, um, yeah. yeah, ghosts don't scare me. So, But I, I decided to make one that was uh, touching, emotional, and that, that ends the uh, – that's the last story.
3: I was going to say, you have a hell of a wraparound that goes with this 11 story anthology. And, you know, we talk about connecting aspects of it. The loss of innocence is very prevalent in here. Mm. The aspect of spiders you have some sort of phobia. You have arachnophobia, <laughs> to say the least. Talk about that first of all before we get more in depth on some of the stories.
0: Those spiders are real. Um, they uh, they are infested in a tree outside my house. Um, I've never seen the like before in my life, and now they, they're breeding. Uh, it, it, big orange crab-looking spiders, and you know about quarter size on the quarter size on the body. And then when we were, we were reno- doing some renovations in the house, there was one that was like within one of the windowsills and it was like ready to pounce and this thing was big this was the mother of all spiders and the guys that were doing the work they were like listen man we're not touching that <laughs> but um they, they didn't hurt us or anything <laughs> just uh the spiders <laughs> were a real thing and i was like let's have uh reoccurring characters the spiders kind of tell the stories even though it's not really about them in the stories but they they show up
3: they show up a lot with it, and, and also the aspect of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And we, we know the, how vast Pennsylvania is, how long of a state it is. There's a lot of history, a lot of ghost stories that go through the state of Pennsylvania. When you yes. Whether you look at Gettysburg, uh, Pittsburgh, you look at the Mines, you look at Philadelphia Philly fans who are a <laughs> breed of their own, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're in Jersey.
0: I know. <laughs> hey, watch yeah. it. You're in Jersey. You're a little close.
3: I know, I know. But But also Pennsylvania is a big factor... Uh, for majority of the short stories in there. Talk about that connection to it and why it's such an important location, David.
0: Well, I'm from Long Island, actually, and I, I'm a transplant here in Pittsburgh, the zombie capital of the world. Um, the fall of tomorrow, actually, um, this is funny, New Jersey, a particular place in New Jersey, uh, the pit of hell opens up there, okay, okay. And, the, and people are trying to get to o- Ohio, of all places, for safety, and I just thought that was kind of funny, and people that live here relate to that. People that live in Jersey, at West Virginia, Ohio, Pittsburgh, p- at Pennsylvania, even upstate New York, there's some mention. But it's like this area is where mo- this story takes place, even though it's worldwide. And th- that's the fall of tomorrow. Um, yes, and the other stories, i got to tell you, um, you hit on something there. The story deeper about the two brothers and the sinkhole, um, <coughs> that's based on a real thing. Uh, that that was a, a news story, a hor- horrific news story here, uh, minus the monsters. But – um, still a horrific thing and sinkholes are a scary thing and they seem to be popping up more and more in the south.
3: It's interesting because you really attach the earth and you attach what comes out of the earth with a lot of your stories and Advent of Autumn which is the opening one which you you could go with several different ways with your opening one you could mm-hmm. go with the Commune which talks about the book during uh, a period of time in our country's history where free love was very prevalent yes. and all of a sudden there's an outbreak based on um, the readings and writings of a character or a, a prophet in the book, you could have went with the commune with that mm-hmm. sort of storyline, open it up. But you go, David, with Advent of Autumn, where you see the innocence of three middle school, um, two boys and a girl. And what happens when you kind of give in to the aspect of temptation mm-hmm. and you see the horror that comes out of it in The Loss of Innocence? Why did you go with the advent of autumn and where did the idea for that story come from?
0: That, um, it, it was, uh, actually, that comes from something I read when I was in uh, elementary school. I've been writing since I was l- like nine years old. Um, I'm a lot older than that now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it came from a story, uh, it was like a weird nursery rhyme where this kid would uh, meet with a monster that would show up at his window and he would feed him and eventually the, the monster turned on him and that, that's where Nasher comes in. Um, but you kind of feel like he's he's just not good to begin with. I mean, and he he's very similar to some of the other monsters that show up later. Or actually, if you read The Fall of Tomorrow, you'll see that he is very much uh, the the type that uh, show up because that's a that's a demon apocalypse in The Fall of Tomorrow. And he's well, he's a, it's up to the reader to decide what he is.
3: That's interesting because you kind of give that open road for the reader. Some people connect with him as as being a kindred spirit. Some people connect with it as being a devil. Some connect as being um, almost uh, devious and playful. Mm-hmm. It, when you craft characters like that, as well as have characters who are in developmental stages of their lives understanding, you know, adolescence yes. as well as the aspect of, of family, mm-hmm. it can make for some very terrifying uh family drama that goes into this david
0: thank you yeah i also didn't want to make it the predictable ending i wanted the ending i love endings that kind of keep going and going and going and you just get deeper and deeper into the darkness um i I gotta add this too since you're familiar with pennsylvania when you're driving along route 80 or 76 and you look out in a field and that's where i refer to the formidable tree there's always a tree sitting out by itself it's always creepy looking you know surrounded by a dead field and maybe a burnt down barn in the background. I always just I've always like been intrigued by those things and I had a dream once about when the, when the kid is when he's sitting in his bedroom and the windows windows open and this fog is rolling down the hill in his backyard and you see the tree in the background. That that was a vision I had and I just said I got to run with this, you know, and then add the kids and you know everything else I don't want to talk about.
3: <laughs> I was going to say I don't want to get too much into cuz I right. want the people to read. I want them to understand that the 11 stories all connect in certain points. And again, you look at the aspect, David, of Pennsylvania, you look at the aspect of different fears and horror, you look at the aspect of spiders, also the loss of innocence in several different aspects with children as well as characters. And I'll I'll go back to the commune for a second there. The loss of innocence with um, free love and the aspect of of what happens when you lose control of your body through drugs. Fascinating uh, profile of characters who have great power, okay, okay the <laughs> demons are playing here in the bunker, yeah. to say the least. You probably uh, probably sent some of the spiders over here, to I'm be telling honest you. with you.
0: Well, I'm in, in Hel- uh, Helm's Deep headquarters where Kettle Whistle Radio takes place, and let me tell you, it happens every now and then.
3: <laughs> well, that's part of live and uncensored radio. It yeah. really is horror radio with that. And that <laughs> but we were talking about residual yes. and the aspect of the different angle of innocence that you take with a character, a boy who can actually talk to spirits, and it works out problems in a different way. Talk about that closing story of residual and why you ended it with that.
0: that that's a difficult one to elaborate on because it does give away a lot of stuff. But I should tell it's a, it's definitely a ghost story. Um, yeah, the boy is he's special, um, and it, it actually based on when I was a kid and growing up in Cooperstown. Uh, well, I did a lot of growing up there, and that just the sort of uh, so that was the scenario I was looking for. But it's also a reflection. Um, you know, who is this ghost he's seeing? That's the big question. And you know, he he holds back his anger to use his power by other other means. He wanted to beat up the other kids, but instead he's like, you know what? I'm I'm not afraid of going into the haunted house per se, and I'm going to show them. That came from a real place.
3: I, you know it's interesting, Cooperstown. Were you a baseball fan?
0: oh uh, yeah, Met fan growing up. I don't know what that uh, means to New Jersey people. <laughs> I know some New uh, Jersey folks about the Mets. It means <laughs> a lot.
3: There's a lot of Mets fans out there yeah, right
0: now. I know, but oh, I should add this too. Um, the, the characters in that—it's uh, um, all right. There's sickness involved too, which you you if you read that one, and that came from a real place too. You know, when you're watching somebody that you love, um, you know, just fading and and there's nothing you can do that I want to hit on that that was real that was a visceral uh, thing I wanted to add
3: I was gonna say well the reason why I brought up baseball is not because of the Mets who've got a great pitching staff going in 2016 (laughs) series but or season but the aspect of, of that childhood love the idea of family the idea of tradition that you bring to residual and you bring to a lot of these stories I can see where um, the the purity comes from, where the the connection comes from, David, when it comes to your story and your writing and, and the reflections that come through here, how personal were these stories uh, as a part of Dwellings in the Dark?
0: Uh, very, very personal. A lot, a lot of the people are based on people I know. I kind of mix personalities together, um, situations. I mean, the monsters are the only thing that aren't real. That's, you know, they're the symbol. But um other than that, it, it, we're talking, yeah, uh, every one of them except maybe the westerns, but the the two western stories are, are characters I've I've loved my entire life, and they're in another book that is unpublished at this time. But uh, I do have stuff coming out, too. But um, I, I, we were talking about earlier the uh, the commune with the hippies. <laughs> yeah. I, wa- I want to tell you where that came from, because there's a John Russo story yeah. there. Um, yeah, John Russo uh, actually approved of that story for Rise of the Dead, which is his collection of... Uh, short stories on zombies that take place during the time period of Night of the Living Dead Oh wow, so, really? Yeah, so the Commune, we weren't allowed to use his characters, but we can use the area, uh, the ideas um, timeline, and of course the zombies you know, uh, but as long as we didn't use his characters, yeah, but Rise of the Dead that's also on com. but that, that the Commune is also my story that's in Dwelling in the Dark as well
3: it's fascinating as a writer. Why horror? Why horror, David? I know, right? I,
0: God, I get asked that all the time. Um, I liked being scared as a kid. I loved watching really bad horror movies and really good horror movies. Um, Creature from the Black Lagoon was one of the first that hit me. And, of course, Night of the Living Dead. I don't know. It's it's a high all its own. Um, the same reason I like heavy metal. Oh, by the way, I'm in mourning right now because they canceled that metal show.
3: Oh, oh I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> not, all, not a lot of people are, I guess, but I am.
3: <laughs> uh, well, it's a love and passion that you have for it, and that reflects in the writing. Well, let me ask you, the framework for this anthology, what was the idea be, besides be, – excuse me for one second while I deal with the cotton mouth here. What was the <laughs> idea for the order of uh, the stories within the anthology?
0: That's, you know what, again, it just kind of came to me, and I just, I finished one, I'd go to the next. Um, I wanted it to be scrambled up so people didn't put it together immediately if you read the first one. But, again, you don't have to read the first one. Um, I wanted everything to be different. Like, you know, there's mad scientists, there's monsters, there's carnivorous worms, blood-sucking worms, uh, spiders, demons, and uh, I forget. Oh, well, yeah, a talking frog, <laughs> which you'll see again sometime soon. Uh, yeah, the order itself, I'm sorry, I I stray again, but, um, yeah, the order, I just wanted it mixed up, but I wanted it to be strong. So when you get to one, the, the next one will surprise you even more. And then the next one is it's hard to build. And then to end something like that, that's why I put the emotional ghost story there just to throw people off completely.
3: In that kind of throwing off that kind of freedom that you have to create the book. And I'm here with David Fairhead, we're talking the aspect of Dwelling in the Dark, we're talking. Uh, we're going to be talking in a few minutes about Kettle Whistle radio um, and fairly dark productions, you know, you have freedom with Burning Bulb to be able to cultivate and craft your stories through Gary Vincent. talk mm-hmm. about that freedom that they give you and what Burning Bulb is meant to you as a writer.
0: That's a great, a great question, because my first experience in getting published was in the Big Book of Bizarro, and it was the short story of The Fall of Tomorrow, which it was meant to be a short story at first. Um, he, in two hours, and sent it to him that night, because they needed one more a short story. Uh, it, he liked it, it, it went in. And since then, uh, Gary, again, Gary Vincent for Burning Bowl Publishing, he, um, just pretty much gives me the leeway, he trusts me that I'm going to write scary stuff that has some kind of quality to it, entertaining. He likes it. I think that was the first thing that made sense. Um, Really? uh, Yeah, freedom. Uh, Total freedom. I I have a comic book version of Demon Eye coming out, and it looks amazing. I mean, he spared no expense with this thing. Um, And Charlie, uh, Child's Tale of Terror is my next novel, which I hope you see in 2016. And you're going to see some very familiar characters in that one.
3: It's nice to be able to see that these characters can grow, but my question for you is, and this is another story within your anthology, and I don't know if this came from you or from Gary or from some really bad Thai food, but (laughs) Ribbons is a (laughs) crazy-ass story. It's probably out of all your stories within there. It's the craziest, it's the most out there, and it's also the most sexual yeah. that you're going to find, because you deal with a lot of body horror within this. Um, uh, I want to say Reflections of Cronenberg and uh, mm. Reflections of Rainbow Bright. <laughs> I mean, there's some really weird stuff that's going on. Talk about the story Ribbons, where it came from, and why it fits so well with this anthology. Uh,
0: Tara Bennett. Well, I wanted to find a way to connect Morgellon Syndrome and my spiders, okay, Um and it just seemed like the way to go. Uh, it, for people that don't know about Margellin Syndrome, it might be Morgellons, but I think it's Margellons. Uh It's a, uh, I don't know, it's some kind of phenomena where people are growing threads out of their, their, their skin and their body parts. And these are multicolored um, fibers. And they do not, there's no element on Earth that they, they've been tested. I guess they uh, said they tested it on 1,500 different elements. And it, they, it it comes across as not from this Earth. But you know that could be fiction too. But it was a really good documentary, and it scared me. And I'm like, "Wow, just stuff growing out of you, and you can't control it, and it hurts." Um, where does it come from? Well, I, I, it's a dead giveaway. Uh, these certain spiders. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, poor Tara Bennett, huh? She she has a rough life.
3: She has a rough life, and then that's the thing. Also, within dwellings in the dark, you look at the um, you look at a lot of these characters who really come from common paths and go through some pretty terrible things and that's the great thing about horror you know you can take the most mundane situation or character and throw a variable in there and all of a sudden everything goes to hell and you seem to uh, do that very very well and show respect and intelligence to the uh, reader in the way you construct it
0: Thank you. Also, there's an untrustworthiness about scientists and doctors and government and all that that kind of, I mean, go, you know, that's been overdone. I like to go a different path with it. Um, I have this thing I call the caveman theory that you might find interesting. And yep. growing up as a kid, um, watching dinosaur movies, they always ruin the, the cool dinosaurs by throwing cavemen in there that shouldn't even be there. So I just, <laughs> yeah. It, so I like it when the monsters are more interesting than the people. And also, too, death isn't always the worst experience in those stories. I think you may have noticed that.
3: And that's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because you look at things like the Grimm's Fairy Tales, and death was never the worst of the things. It was always the build up. It was always the torture, whether physical or mental. That the characters went through, and and again, you, David, in this book, you go ahead and you show that with different perspectives, almost almost like going through a a house of mirrors and seeing different reflections of lives and um and situations that have gone through terrible things.
0: Wow, I like that. Thank you.
3: <laughs> hey, you're welcome, man. No worries whatsoever. And ribbons again, folks who are out there. You've got stories about free love that turns deadly wrong. You've got stories about zombies. Spiders. You've got stories about space, uh, and, and you bring the spiders up to space. And <laughs> you know it may sound silly when I say that, but these are really very intellectual. Very much the predator kind of spiders. The characters that you craft with these spiders that turns a space story into something that's really terrifying.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, that comes from a funny place. Um, Nelson W. Piles, he's a, also a writer, and he's in the he, he created the Wicked Library with uh, Dan Foytek here on our Society 13 podcast network. It's a huge mouthful I just said. Nelson Piles uh, on the w- Wicked Library was going to – he needed a Christmas story for the, the horror network. They read horror stories on the Wicked Library. And I was like, a Christmas story now? How am I going to do – oh, God. So I sent him a Christmas in space story. And that's the one you're talking
3: about. You know what? Let's jump over that because we have a few minutes left. Okay. Kettle Whistle Radio. Talk about
0: it. Well, it was created by Heather Taddy and myself over our love of music, horror, comic books, subcultures. And uh, now, along with Ms. D, our lovely assistant, um, we we getting we're getting really good acts. Uh, I was so proud to say I had Dava She Wolf and Shawny Salt. Shawnee Salt, remember from White Zombie days, um, she was a, a guest on just recently with a, one of the last guests of last year, and it was just a huge moment for me. We're 138 episodes in, going on four years, and it's all part of the Society 13 podcasting network. And you'll find all kinds of stuff there, man. I mean, there's something for everybody on there.
3: Wow. Hey. I- it's incredible uh, to know and how quick, uh, David, these kind of shows just pile up. And especially when you get into a niche with it, you know, mm-hmm. y- you really find amazing guests and amazing stories that go through. Talk a little bit about some of the guests, some of your favorite guests that have come across uh, Kettle Whistle Radio.
0: Well, some of my favorite guests are actually became part of the podcast. It's pretty funny. Dr. John Towers on Red Horse Radio. Um, he, he's great. Yeah, he's the one that got me writing a, a comic book with him that got published a long time, well, four years ago. Um, but other than that, the, the, the music, oh my gosh, it's been so many now. You really caught me off guard. Um, I, I, can't even get, I, uh, recently Mutant Press was a really good, good act I had on. A guy named Dandy Brown, great rock and roll. Shawn Salt, of course, cause now I can play, uh, um, their, their, Star and Dagger is her new band with Dava She-Wolf. And they were just lovely guests. I mean, they, they, by far my favorite. It started with Eric Powell from 16Volt. You might remember industrial band back in the day. Um, he, he recently, that's the funk now. He's got a new project called Black December and it's pretty badass. I don't know if you guys are into industrial metal at all.
3: We do play our share here on the show. We're pretty eclectic with the music. Good, Big, yeah. big background in it. We love it.
0: Very cool. Very cool. That, yeah, we are too, man. Oh, I, we had the, I, the guitarist from, um, oh, geez, Perry Farrell's, uh, band. I can't believe it's, uh, porno. Jane's Addiction. Uh, porno, no, 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 we wish. Oh, Pornos, uh, for Porno's for, for porno, yeah, porno for pyros. Uh, Peter, he was, he was fascinating. That was a good time. But, uh, yeah, we've been getting some heavy hitters and we play all kinds of music. You know, from folk to punk. I mean, it's just just a heck of a good time. And we try to do it bi weekly, but we get busy. Um, I, I just want, real quick, if I can go through the shows on the network uh, that people might like to tune into. Sure. Uh, so if you go to www.society13.com, you'll find. Prog Watch with Anthony Rousek, that's all prog rock music, and his show is unbelievable. History Goes Bump with Diane Student and Denise, uh, that's they actually do their ghost research, and it's a really fascinating show. That's, that's the whole family can listen to that one. Caveman Mafia with Mike Serra. that's all about gaming, um, and and sci-fi entertainment. The Pop Off is our latest with Martise, and that's all pop culture. You, you want to hear about the Kardashians? You go to that one. And they make fun of everybody. It's great. And, of course, the Wicked Library and the Lift and the Ninth Story, these are three different podcasts uh, with Dan Fordick and Nelson Piles, and it's all horror radio.
3: There's a lot to come uh, with this network. You know what, David, what do the fans need to know about not only uh, Dwellings in the Dark but also the aspect of Kendall Whistle Radio?
0: Well, oh, geez, um, Kendall Whistle Radio – we uh, we know no boundaries. Uh, we just try to keep it interesting. Um, the de- the demon of Brownsville Road. That's a great episode to listen to. I actually had the guy in here with his son. It, it was just a fantastic telling of a real haunting right down the road from where we live too, which is cr- crazy. So really, we just we, um, I I like to keep it interesting, change it up every show.
3: David Fairhead, not the last conversation we're going to have. I hope. look forward to the new release coming out. Uh, in 2016 from Burning Bulb Publishing and uh, we appreciate the time and uh, and again give it one more time where can okay. they uh, check it all out?
0: Well definitely um, you can get us Kettle Whistle Radio on Facebook um, I have to throw this out here too because me and Heather are actually in a movie Um, It's called The Forces of Horror uh, Roger Sampson is the director It's an anthology of four horror movies Volume 1 comes out this year And I wrote the wraparound story It's called Clown Junkie And myself and Heather are in it And it wraps around all four of the other stories of course And that's called, again, The Forces of Horror That's something to look forward to this year Um, Check out Roger Sampson on Facebook He's a great guy, great director
3: fantastic and we look forward to the next conversation and getting more in depth about the movies in the book and cool. you know what we're going to do to round this out we're going to go ahead let's see do we have it here right, let's see, we got it in here we're going to play the spot for dwellings in the dark
0: oh that's awesome man i appreciate it uh, oh, oh no my problems, twitter too i uh, i got you on twitter i'm at fairly dark if anybody's interested
3: well here's the spot david fairhead Thank you so much, my friend, for joining us tonight and rounding out a great program.
0: Thank you so much. Everybody go to www.FairlyDarkProductions.com Thank you. I had to throw that in there.
3: That's no word. Well We will, <laughs> uh, we will uh, talk to you later.
0: Alright, man. Great time. Thank you.
3: Alright. David Fairhead here on the Horror Happens Radio Show. Dealing with the demons. We appreciate his time. Go to HorrorHappens.com facebook.com forward slash horror happens us, friends like a us. and on twitter at horror happens arrest and that ghost jlk we start women horror next week we thank all the listeners all the guests thanks to the ghost from the bunker here in blairstown check out the oblique magazine at theobliquemagazine.com, magazine.com horror for the connoisseur and of course check out tales of horror coming up this saturday january 23rd 8 p.m east coast time rent or buy it harvest moon motion pictures.com support great horror in all of its spots listen live if you didn't dare and pleasant nightmares
1: i'm not afraid of the dark but you should be there are things that's well here in the dark things best left to see with the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow the blood now flows even thicker Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electricast. Electricast. Electricast.